for Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Um, again, I'm asking if you would uh, subscribe, if you would share, if you would like. Uh, there's a lot of people who uh, who need to be reminded how important it is that we take care of our pastors. And uh, I want to announce to you the launch of ppmhi.org. That's Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Uh, so here it is, just kind of a resource page, kind of shows some of my services, a little introduc- introduction to who I am, and also just a way for you to connect with me. And so ppmhi.org, please check it out. Um, always looking for suggestions too. If you're confused about something or you don't think I uh, explain things very well, just that hum- humor is uh, a good medicine. And so we want to find ourselves, uh, you know, having some humor uh, also, just the light side of ministry. I think a lot of times, pastors, uh, we can look at, at just the dark side of ministry, those things that are hard, those those traumas from moment to moment, those failures, those disappointments. And um, it's important for us just to, just to pause and enjoy some stories. So, an elderly woman walked into a local country church. The friendly usher greeted her at the door and helped her f- up a flight of steps. Where would you like to sit? He asked politely. The front row, please, she answered. You really don't want to do that, the usher said. The pastor is really boring. Do you happen to know who I am, the woman inquired. No, he said. I'm the pastor's mother, she replied indignantly. Do you know who I am, the usher asked. No, she said. He goes, good. (laughs) Right? You know, sometimes we say things. uh, And, uh, you know... This just brings up an interesting point about how we view those who know the pastor, those who are either good friends with the pastor or family members of the pastor. Um, it's one of those things that that those things will get back to the pastor, just so you know. So be careful what you say. Sometimes you might want to, uh, those might come back to not only bite you, I wouldn't say that, but really you don't want your pastor, again, to dwell upon these negative things. A cheating painter contractor had been skimping by thinning his paint excessively. Nevertheless, he landed a big job painting a church. He was almost done when a major storm blew up. It washed off all the paint. Amid the thunder and lightning, there came a loud voice. Repaint, it boomed. Repaint and thin no more. (laughs) That's just a dumb joke. It's almost like a dad joke. Um, but, you know, a lot of these stories that I have found, I discover, are used in sermons. I think these last two, at least, I've used in a sermon before. And so um, the one about baptizing squirrels or bats or whatever, it just depends on what what, uh, what version you want to use of it. But again, these are great stories, uh, and I think it's fun for us to have a good sense of humor. Um, pastors tend to, uh, they're funny guys, if you didn't know that. Um, they're weird, but they're funny. I can say that because I am one. Pastor Dave Charlton tells us that after a worship service at First Baptist Church in Newcastle, Kentucky, a mother with a fidgety seven-year-old boy told me how she finally got her son to sit still and be quiet. About halfway through the sermon, she leaned over and whispered, If you don't be quiet, Pastor Charlton is going to lose his place and he will have to start his sermon all over again. It worked. (laughs) 
You know, it's interesting to me. Um, people come to church for different reasons, right? Some really love the sermon. Some come because they want to hear the word, and that's great. Some come because of the community, the fellowship, which is also great. Some come because they want to worship God, right? It's their opportunity to worship God. That's great. Some come for the music. Some come because they're being drugged there like this kid. Some come and they don't even know why they're there. But it's interesting to me is that the pastor is is preparing and and the reality is is God has something for us. And so the act of coming to church, the act of being there is actually a way that that God will meet us in a unique and a particular way. And so I just want to encourage those who who do go to church on a regular basis expect something from the Lord. Come with expectation, not your expectation. Say, "Lord, I know you're going to meet me here." Don't say you know how. Just say, Lord, here I am. I expect you to work. Murphy showed up to Mass one Sunday, and the priest almost fell down when he saw him. He'd never been to church in his life. After Mass, the priest caught up with him and said, Murphy, I am so glad you decided to come to Mass. What made you come? Murphy said, I got to be honest with you, Father. A while back, I misplaced me hat, and I really, really love that hat. I know that McGlynn had a hat just like mine, and I knew he came to church every Sunday. I also knew that he had to take off his hat during Mass and figured he would leave it in the back of the church, so I was going to leave after communion and steal McGlynn's hat. The priest said, Well, Murphy, I noticed that you didn't steal McGlynn's hat. What changed your mind? Murphy replied, Well, after I heard your sermon on the Ten Commandments, I decided that I didn't need to steal McGlynn's hat after all. With a tear in his eye, the priest gave Murphy a big smile and said, After I talked about thou shalt not steal, you decided you'd rather do without your hat than burn in hell? Murphy slowly shook his head. No, father, after you talked about thou shalt not commit adultery, I remember where I left me hat. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I don't know what to say about that one. Anyway... Um, shout out to Cadence and Zach. Uh, glad you're listening. <laughs> wow. Maybe I should have proofread some of these. No, nah, it's appropriate, right? It's so realize we're adults here. Um, Cadence, you're not. But uh, uh, it's one of those things where uh, you don't know why people are there. Sometimes it's good reasons. Sometimes it's not good reasons. But the word of God goes forth, right? A reverend said to his congregation, we have good news and bad news. The bad news is that the roof needs repairing. The good news is that we have the money to pay for it. Appreciative murmurs all around. Reverend, the extra bad news is that it's still in your pockets. <laughs> you know, money is one of those things that's difficult for us to talk to as pastors. You know, we trust the Lord. Uh, it is a spiritual discipline, though, to tithe. And it's something that I think we often neglect talking about because uh, people are protective of their money. Well, again, I want to encourage pastors, first and foremost, that it's part of God's word. It's part of the expectation of the believer um, that they would be those who tithe. They give not only of their money, but their time and their talents. Also, for the parishioners, true church members, um, I want to encourage you to pray about how can I give more? Uh, Maybe you're already giving a great amount, and that's fine, and you're great with that, but how do we encourage one another to give more of of your money and your time and your talents? or as they say, treasure, time, and talents. A few minutes before church service started, the townspeople were sitting in their pews and talking. Suddenly, Satan appeared at the front of the, pe- of the church. Everyone started screaming and running for the front entrance, trampling each other in a frantic effort to get away from evil incarnate. 
Soon everyone had exited the church except for one elderly gentleman who sat calmly in his pew without moving, seeming oblivious to the fact that God's ultimate enemy was in his presence. So Satan walked up to the old man and said, Do you know who I am? The man replied, Yep, sure do. Aren't you afraid of me? Satan asked. Nope, sure ain't, said the man. Do you realize that I can kill you with a sword? asked Satan. Don't doubt it for a minute, returned the old man in an even tone. Did you know that I could cause you profound, horrifying, physical agony for all eternity? persisted Satan. Yep, was the calm reply. And you're still not afraid? asked Satan. Nope. More than a little perturbed, Satan asked, well, why aren't you afraid of me? The man calmly replied, been married to your sister for over 48 years. Ooh. Oh, the crowd. Nah. Anyway, you know, come on. Let's be fun. Actually, marriage is great. So, on this old man who's been married for 48 years to Satan's sister. Um, who's to say Satan's sister's bad? Okay, anyway. All the way back home in the backseat of the car, the boy was quiet. His father asked three times what was wrong. Finally, the boy replied, The preacher said he wanted us all brought up in a Christian home, but I wanted to stay with you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, Parents, you know, what we do at home speaks louder than what happens at church. Uh, one of the things that encourages pastors is when they see parents uh, actively engaged in in raising their children in the faith. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, years of ministry, you always get a lot of times, especially of late, where people are like, well, I brought the kid to church and now he's not going to church and he doesn't believe anymore that he went off to college. And you, and you say, well, let's talk about your life at home. And when you start talking about that, they, they I've gotten a lot of responses they say, well, no, it's your job to teach my, my child about the faith. And I say, well, even if they came every week, we have 52 hours in a week. Let's say they came every week. So that's 52 hours in a whole year, one hour a week. You have a little more time with them than I do as a pastor. And so I just want to encourage you parents. Um, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But... Live for Christ, talk about the Lord, uh, honor him, be thankful, praise the Lord with your children, and may that be a rhythm of, of your lives. Uh, so I just want to encourage you too, pastors, encourage that in your congregation. Um, you have a hard job, you get to support, hopefully, what they're doing in the home. So how can we help them raise their children? Terry asked her Sunday school class to draw pictures of their favorite Bible stories. She was puzzled by Kyle's picture, which showed four people on an airplane. So she asked him which story it was meant to re represent. The flight to Egypt, said Kyle. I see, and that must be Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus, Miss Terry said. But who's the fourth person? Kyle explained, oh, oh, that's Pontius the pilot. <laughs> it's funny how kids hear things, right? That's Pontius the Pilate. Well, now every time I read that, especially as we're coming into Advent and into Christmas season, I'm going to hear Pontius the Pilate. The Sunday school teacher asks, Now, Johnny, tell me frankly, do you say prayers before eating? No, sir, little Johnny replies. I don't have to. My mom is a good cook. <laughs> well, you should be thankful for that, Johnny. Uh, it's one of those things I've always said, maybe we should pray after we eat. I'm not sure I'm thankful just yet. 
uh, you know, it's one of those things that we do. I want to encourage you too. Um, I have a church member that will send me little stories from time to time. In fact, he sent me one yesterday uh, that said that this engineer was sent to hell and and the engineer got there and said, man, it's really hot here. I, you know, I can do better. And so he started designing uh, some some buildings. And before you knew it, they had fans and air conditioning and ice and ice cold water. And so uh, the for God one day just checked in and said, hey, Satan, how's it going down there? And he goes, that's great. He goes, this engineer that we received down here is, is wonderful. We have air conditioning. We have ice. We have ice cold water. We have fans. It's wonderful. And God says, what? All the engineers are supposed to be up here. He goes, well, you can't have them back. And so God says, well, I'm going to sue you. And Satan goes, how can you do that? Where are you going to find a lawyer? (laughs) Lawyers get a bad rap, right? (laughs) Oh, anyway. Hey, I want to encourage you pastors. um, Look for stories that make you laugh. I I asked this one guy one time, "What, what did somebody do at church this Sunday that made you smile? Um, and so I want to encourage you, pastors, that, that, that look for that. Look for something that happens at church, and they might not know, look for this big, but, but go, review the day. Say, oh, I saw these kids. They hadn't been to church for a while. Oh, I saw the, this family walk in together. The, you know, p- more people hung out and fellowshiped. I hadn't seen that for a while. A couple stories from me this week. I was talking to a gentleman and telling him, you know, he's doing, dealing with some health issues as well as his wife. And I was saying, hey, these things that you normally do at church, don't worry about it this week. We can take care of it. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I, I don't worry about the church. And um, that was a blessing to me. You know, that was a real blessing to go, oh, you know, that this wouldn't have been said three years ago. And so that was just uh, something that I had to pause and look for. Uh, we have these two younger girls. Their sisters have been coming to our church for a little while. And I was sitting with them Sunday afternoon and just saying, you know, why Why you come to our church? And they go, well, we went to a church like this when we were young. So some of it is kind of nostalgia. And then they said, you know, we, we've we've looked at some other churches in the area, and we have found that this church has the, the most community, which we really like. Now, small churches, we get that benefit, right? Um, but what a, what a way for, for the Lord to just say, you know, look, keep going. I'm encouraging you. And that just made me feel um, that, wow, Lord, we're, we're doing some good work here. Let's keep it going and encouraged me. So I praise the Lord for that. Again, you know, we're not looking to somebody else to build my positive mental health. I'm looking for the Lord to use people to, to encourage me, but I need to look for it intentionally, just as uh, we're expected to be used by the Lord to encourage others and to help others. And so, you know, say Ephesians 4, 12 through 16, he gave some, you know, to be apostles and all these things. But then what he says is that why? So that when the body is working together and it's healthy, that we will build one another up in love. And so that's really this the the really the, the base or the baseline for for what work I do is how do we build one another up in love? How do how do pastors get built up in love by their church members. And so, again, I just want to encourage you um, to reach out to me. I'm going to put an email in the comments. Um, I'm actually going to give you the new email that's directly tied to the website. So it'll be kirk at ppmhi.org. And so, again, I encourage you, please check out ppmhi.org or just type in Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. And uh, it should come up on your search engine, I hope, um, pretty soon. And uh, so we just thank you so much for all that you do. Again, please like, subscribe, and please, please share. I'd love to get some more people. I'd love to spread the word that there is help for pastors out there and it's not all bad. And you don't have to be in crisis. Let's encourage one another and build one another for love so we can help churches flourish.